Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Welcome everyone. Wherever you are, whenever you're listening, live or by recording, we are honored by your presence. We uh, want to do a few things on this program that we started uh, somewhere around 12 or 14 years ago and have done every week since. We want to give you a little something to think about during your week, a little something to challenge you during your week, maybe uh, an existing belief that you have. And a little something to practically apply to make your week a little better and every once in a while maybe your life a little better from now on. And today we're going to be talking about one of the simplest but yet most impactful truths I've ever put together. Um, and and it, it, every once in a while you come across one of these things and it's just like finding a nugget of gold. I've shared this with so many of my clients who kind of used it as their mantra in life from then on, reporting to me that it had basically transformed everything in their life in ways that they were never able to transform before. So, yes, the topic for today is want now versus love now, okay? And the first thing I would recommend this week is that as you pray or meditate or take a walk or whatever, just sort of think about that phrase and let it wash over you and just see what naturally without trying to, what naturally comes to mind, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, etc. Love now versus want now. Okay, uh, let me try to come at this from a few different angles. Um, because of the success of the Healing Codes, I've, I've been uh, honored to work with a number of very famous people, athletes, uh, entertainers, best-selling authors, um, a number of them, okay? 
And I've really enjoyed that. Uh, some of them I'd been fans of before we ever met. Some of them not. Um, and I've, I've learned a lot from that. And I've found some common threads with that. But uh, one thing that I thought about many years ago that really struck me was this. Um, when Michael Jordan was the most famous basketball star, maybe the most famous sports star on planet Earth back in his prime with the Chicago Bills. And by the way, some, some people would argue he may still be the most famous right now. But back in his prime, he did not wake up every morning and, and get out of bed and jump up and down like he had just won the lottery saying, I'm Michael Jordan! I'm Michael Jordan! I'm Michael Jordan! He didn't do that. Okay? He would typically wake up, I believe, and be focused on something that he wanted to do or wanted to accomplish or wanted to buy or wanted to change or wanted... He would focus on something he wanted, okay? Um, the most famous entertainer you can think of, Brad Pitt, um, Tom Hanks. Uh, I don't know a lot of the new ones, but there's some wonderful new ones. Um, they don't wake up in the morning and jump up and down because they are themselves, because they are who they are. They tend to wake up in the morning and focus on something that they want. Okay? Um, in my work with those people, and, and we're probably talking easily over a hundred of those type people I've worked with over the years, my rough estimate is that about nine out of ten of them are fairly miserable. They are stressed. They are often kind of paranoid. They are in fear, almost sometimes to the point of panic, that their voice will go out, that they'll never write a best-selling song again, that they'll never write a best-selling book again, that uh, they have too much going on. Um, so about 9 out of 10 of them, I would say, would fall into that category. And those are the ones, I would say, that wake up in the morning and focus on what they want. Probably one out of ten of those type people that I've worked with, and by the way, this is, this is not just true of the rich and famous, this is true of everyone. Uh, I, I, I single out the rich and famous because we tend to look at those people and think, if I only had what they had, then I would be happy then I would be at peace. Then I would have joy, okay? It ain't true, excuse my English, all right? Uh, they are some of the most unhappy people that I've had the pleasure of working with. But there's a few things about that that come to mind that I think are relevant to your health, happiness, love, joy, and peace. One is the lack of gratitude, Instead of being grateful for 
what they have or for what you have. The focus is on what you don't have. Now, where does this come from? It comes from our most primary programming that is hardwired into us. You cannot take it away. You cannot erase it. It it will be there forever. And it is to seek pleasure and avoid pain. It is as immutable as Newton's three laws of motion. Okay? For um, a body in motion stays in motion, number one. Number two, unless something acts on it with enough power to change it. And number three, if something does act on it with enough power to change it, for every action there's an equal opposite reaction. To seek pleasure and, and, and avoid pain is as hardwired into us as Newton's laws are into nature. It's just the way it is. Uh, Johanna, I'm hearing an echo. And, and I don't usually hear that. I don't know if you can do anything about that or not. Just letting you know. But one... Yeah, one are, are you... Okay. Sorry, Alex. It's okay. Uh, one way I've described this in the past is if I took you up to the top of the Empire State Building and you did not believe in gravity and I threw you off, halfway down you'd believe in gravity. Okay? All right. So, whether you believe in this, whether you think about it, and for most of us, we don't. It's just unconscious. It's just the way we do things. To seek pleasure and avoid pain tends to be our north. The problem is that that leads us into an almost constant state of I want. I want to get this pleasurable thing. I want to not have this painful thing. Okay? And it can rule our entire lives. When in reality, we're only supposed to live in that place to age 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Depends on the person. But then we are supposed to transition from that to love now. What is right, what is true, what is best, what is honest, what's in integrity, what's in truth. We're supposed to intentionally decide to not live your life and decide things by pain pleasure the rest of your life, but by what is love-based. Truth, what's right, what's best, what's win-win-win, rather than I win and everyone else loses, etc., Tragically, most people don't ever make the transition and they continue to live the rest of their life in seek pleasure and avoid pain. And seek pleasure and avoid pain tends to say this, and it's an illusion. My life will be better if... Okay? And then inserted into the blank is some pleasure or some pain. And we live in that constantly. Most people, and I did for the first uh, about 27 and a half years of my life until something dramatically whopped me upside the head and had me hit rock bottom in my life and reevaluate everything. 
and 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 I did fortunately at 27 rather than 67. Um, what we're supposed to transition to is love in the present moment and the things that are love-based. Now, some people get hung up on that. Wait a minute. If I'm just focused on love, uh, what is that? I mean, am I, am I singing kumbaya all day long, you know, uh, uh, walking out in nature, not getting anything done? Oh, absolutely not. In fact, you will get more done than you've ever got done when you start living in the present because part of love is doing what is best, what is right, what is good. And all of us inherently know we're supposed to work. We're supposed to make a difference. We're supposed to contribute. We're supposed to lend a hand. Not to have everyone else taking care of us all our life. In fact, uh, one of the wonderful uh, studies, uh, groups of studies about that sort of thing, is that people who retire and don't actively do something else that is work kind of work or hobby based that's really significant die people who on the other hand retire and go to a second career or start doing what they've loved all their life but not been able to because they couldn't earn enough money at it or whatever those people tend to flourish the people who just sit on the couch and watch TV all day, they die. We are built to work and make a difference. That is love-based. What is fear-based is either extreme. I should have other people take care of me and me not have to work much. Or on the other extreme, I should be a workaholic in order to buy all the toys I want in order to seek pleasure and avoid pain as best as I can do, as best as it's possible for me to do, because that's what's going to make me happy. Uh, if you've read my book, The Love Code, you already know this, but let me try to summarize it really quick. For about the last 80 years in the psychology, self-help, religious world, and even to some degree the health world, we have been told and sold that our problem comes down to one of five things or one or more of five things. The physiology of your body, which includes DNA and brain chemistry and all kinds of stuff. Negative emotions, negative thoughts, negative beliefs, and life circumstances. Okay? And... If you think about those and think about those areas of our life, health, religion, psychology, self-help, that's what those are all about, are, are treating, fixing one or more of those five things. Yet, over those about 80 years, there's an approximate 90, uh, 97% failure rate in those areas. And, and that's in spite of us making breakthroughs scientifically in many of those areas. Well, how's that even possible? I, I pondered on that for about three years, and I could only come up with one way that that's possible if none of those are the source of the problem.
And I believe that's exactly the case. Uh, as I've traveled around the world for the last 25 years or so, I've asked people one question more than anything else over and over and over, groups of uh, uh, 1, 10, 20, groups of thousands, okay? What do you want more than anything else right now, okay? If a genie appeared before you, said you can have one wish, you can never have the wish again, what do you wish for? And uh, in, in 25 years, has to be hundreds of thousands of people, if not more, on radio shows and everything else, 99% of people give the wrong answer. The answer they give is a physical or external circumstance. I want a million dollars. I want a new house, a new car, uh, uh, even a physical health problem to go away, etc. Okay? Well, that's the wrong answer. And it's not the wrong answer because I'm so smart or anything. It doesn't come from me, all right? It's the wrong answer because it won't work. You'll never get what you really want most because what you really want most is never a physical or external circumstance. Now, maybe we could debate someone on their deathbed from a health issue, okay? But typically, if you're not in a life or death situation, what you want most is never a physical or external circumstance, which is amazing because almost everybody thinks what's going to make them happy is a physical or external circumstance. It's an, it's an incredible paradox, okay? Well, how do we know that's not true? Well, several, several things. Um, one of the best ones for me is the Harvard Grant Study, the biggest, most expensive, longest-running study ever done on the human condition, done at Harvard, on the campus of Harvard, and they're looking for what makes people happy, what is the meaning and purpose of life, what leads to fulfillment and love, joy, peace, and all that sort of thing. And uh, I believe the study took over 75 years, cost over $20 million. And the con at the conclusion of the, of the study, Dr. Grant at Harvard, who the study's named after, sums it up in an interview. Uh, he said, the results of the study are this, happiness equals love, full stop. Full stop meaning period, end of discussion, we don't need to talk about it anymore. This is it, and it's absolutely conclusive, all right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, love is not a physical or external circumstance. It's an internal state, okay? And so... Those people that I would ask that question to over the years, what do you want more than anything else right now? I would then, ask, and, and almost all of them, uh, way over 90%, would answer a physical or external circumstance. I would then ask them, okay, if you got that, what would that do for you in your life? What would that change for you in your life for the positive? And they'd give me an answer. Question number three, if you were to get your wish, how would you feel? Ladies and gentlemen, number three 
is what you really want most in your life. Almost 100% of the time, especially if you're not in a life-threatening situation right now. Okay? And what we need to feel is love, joy, peace. And I would posit to you today that a person who's experiencing internal love, joy, and peace with horrible external circumstances is much better off than the person that has wonderful external circumstances, ones that we would look at and say, if I only had what they have, but they're miserable. Because nothing will make you happy, healthy, fulfilled, except internal circumstances, which is love, joy, peace, etc. In one sense, what we're talking about is instant gratification versus love in the present moment. Instant gratification is all about not only I want, but I want it now. Almost every study that's ever been done about instant versus delayed gratification has found that people who have delayed gratification make higher test scores, make more money, are healthier, get sick less often, have better relationships, report higher happiness and fulfillment in life. I mean, fill in the blank. Well, instant gratification is the land of seek pleasure and avoid pain. It's the, it's the land of I want versus I love. So what I would suggest to you, oh, let, let me share one other thing and then I'll give you my suggestion. Want, want now leads to more want. It's just absolutely concrete it's just that simple. If you're not in a life-threatening situation, want now leads to more want. Love now leads to more love, which is the only thing that will truly satisfy you in your life, even though because of thousands of years of devolution, we typically don't believe that. We believe that getting the wants will make me happy. It's a lie. Want leads to more want. And by the way, you cannot want and have at the same time. And love now is the place of gratitude for what you have. I did, a, I did a little experiment with some clients one time, and this was after the economic downturn in 2007, and a lot of my clients were terrified over finances. And I would ask them, uh, okay, do you still have a roof over your head? Well, yeah, of course. You still have three squares a day? Well, yeah. You still have a car to drive? Still have clothes to wear? You still safe? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's good to know. Well, let me ask you to imagine a scenario. What if we picked up your life? Somehow, we just pick up your whole life, your house, your car, 
your clothes, your bank account, everything, and transported it to the poorest area of Ethiopia where everyone around you doesn't even know where their last meal is coming from. Would that change anything about your perspective on what you have? And every single client told me, oh my goodness, it would... I, I would go from... I, I would go from... Um, not liking my current situation and thinking, why me? And want, 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 want to protecting my current situation because I have so much more than everybody else. And we're reminded of these kind of things regularly as we see people who have MS, who have muscular dystrophy, who have been made paraplegics in a terrible accident that write a book or that are interviewed or that speak out and we're amazed by their gratitude. We're amazed by their attitude of, of, of love in the present moment. One of my son's best friend um, has a, a horrible disease that he's had from life and has all these surgeries regularly, just had one the other day, but his posts on social media are so 180 degrees different from most people's. They are about gratitude for his life and the things he has. You see, those things make us see what's really, really important in life and what's not, which almost everyone comes to at the end of their life, naturally, but often nowadays not until then. So, here's my recommendation. Let this become a new filter for you, for your life, for what you think about, what you prioritize. Um, gratitude versus I want. What you have versus what you think, if I get this, it will make me happy, etc. And really start living your life with a conscious choice between love now or want now. Want leads to more want. Love leads to more love. Think about it.